All right, everybody, we're back. And today we're kicking it off with Lon Harris because it's Thursday and he's helping us break down a pretty major shakeup in the media space. This was like, you can't, usually it's been a long time since Twitter was talking about just one thing. And that was happening. Yeah, that's happening. And we're talking about Warner Brothers Discovery because we always do this week in streaming on Thursdays, our little segment with Lon. And as you know, I bought some Warner Brothers Discovery because my guy, Discovery CEO David Zaslov, Uh, took over and heads have rolled products are being canceled movies are being canceled very controversial Mm -hmm. we're gonna have to break down what we think is happening here and then who is going to win the streaming wars and we'll touch on a little bit of paramount as well it's a great it's a perfectly timely awesome conversation and then we're going to break down a little bit of uh series a and m a we've talked a lot about social media alternatives and these apps mostly we've talked about be real but turns out Locket might be creeping up fast from behind. Yes, and Lena Khan, head of the FTC, is making her first move. She's suing Meta from buying a very tiny little company, but her methodology, uh, the new methodology she's bringing to antitrust is what is at stake right here. It's going to be a great episode. Stick with us. This Week in Startups is brought to you by Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that helps you churn out clear and concise communication fast. Go to Grammarly.com slash twist to sign up for a free account and get 20% off when you sign up for premium. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash twist. Indochino makes custom-fitted suits, shirts, and casual wear at affordable prices. Shop for your next best look or book a virtual style consultation at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $50 off any purchase of $399 or more by using code TWIST at checkout. And the Microsoft for Startups Founders Hub helps all founders build a better startup at a lower cost from day one. Open to anyone with an idea, you'll get up to $150,000 in Azure credits, technical advisory, access to mentors and experts, free dev tools, and so much more. There is no funding requirement, and it only takes minutes to join. Sign up today at aka.ms slash thisweekinstartups. All right, everybody, it is Thursday, which means we do our This Week in Streaming segment. Molly, our favorite, favorite, favorite guest, co-host, individual human on planet Earth is here, Lon Harris. Lon's Welcome like, you're freaking me out. Why are you making me so nice right now? What a, right now. what a lovely <laughs> intro. Wow. Yeah, well, I don't pay him for the segment, so. It's true. What a <laughs> delight. And also, what good timing. Thank God we had this plan because... The streaming universe has blown up. Twitter is going crazy. Mm. The Warner J trade that Jason was like about to make. I made it. Oh, yeah, you made it. That's right. I made the J trade. Yeah, it's working out. So Jake Hal dropped $50,000 on the thing that became the biggest news in the world (laughs) one day later. Story of my life. We got a lot to talk about with Lon today. Lots. Oh, the glasses. <laughs> oh are my gosh! On. Wow. Uh oh. We're doing accounting on the show is today. Is he going to buy more or is he going to sell? 4, I'm up four thousand. Four. I'm up four large on my Warner Brothers Discovery trade in a week or less. <laughs> Not investment advice, but what is going on? Yeah, you're the only one feeling good about that right Molly, now. What you gotta, is going on? You have to tee us up here. David Zaslov is my guy. 
This guy's a wartime CEO. I met with him with Harvey Weinstein as well. Um, when I was doing my reality TV yeah, show six years ago, and I was in the meeting with him, this guy controls the room. He's a general. He knows how to make you feel a hundred. I felt a hundred feet tall. I felt taller than the skyscraper in Manhattan we were meeting in. And I saw him also speak at another conference uh, when he was doing Discovery and talking about how they were taking over the planet. I saw that 12 years ago. This guy's a murderer. Yep. What is, I mean, this guy's killing it. Like, figuratively, figuratively. And it looks like a scene from 300 out here right now. So Felicity. it's just literally as Jason's giving this talk about what a great wartime CEO this is going to be. And Zaslav is all about cutting costs. Hmm. All of a sudden we find out uh, all kinds of things. One Batgirl shelved, right? They've already made this movie. It's already being shown to test audiences. They spent $90 million on mm. it, not coming out. And then uh, sources apparently told the rap that the conglomerate now, this you know newly joined behemoth of Warner Brothers and Discovery, which joined in a $43 billion mer merger, planned to lay off 70% of the new company's development business, plan to restructure both HBO Max and Discovery Plus either during the earnings results or soon after, and that the move will quote, again, this is from the rep, result in a gutting of HBO Max, significant layoffs for its executives and staff to minimize redundancies with HBO, and a combined streaming service with Discovery Plus. Nice. So what this seems to start to mean Nice. We think is that some HBO originals could go away, like Peacemaker with John Cena, Our Flag Means Death with Taika Waititi. So far, the HBO development team behind Game of Thrones, Westworld, and the really big expensive stuff don't seem to be impacted yet. And then also, and this is just really interesting on top of all of this, Vulture critic Catherine Van Arendonk pointed out that some HBO shows are being vanished are being disappeared off of HBO Max. Yeah, we know Vinyl, uh, Mrs. Fletcher, that Catherine Hahn uh, show. I liked was, Mrs. Fletcher. That one's gone. And then Camping, that Lena Dunham show for, I, I believe, lasted just two seasons appears to she's be gone. She's insufferable. I'm glad she's gone. <laughs> but like, uh, why? And then we also, we have, we have some original HBO Max films, like Moonshot, An American Pickle, that one with Seth Rogen. Hmm. Six of those also just appear to be gone. The word is it's th this is this is tax stuff because of the merger. They could still get tax write-offs if they remove some of these films, or Got it. maybe it's for saving on residuals. It appears to be a, a cost-saving measure. Great. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. We have to separate two things. Jason art and great. commerce. What okay, does Juan say? Well, there's yeah. three things here. We have art. Commerce, mm -hmm. and then we have the operations of this company. Right, which is merger mechanisms, really, right? Because right. none of this is unusual in a merger, which is why mergers are always painful in lots of different ways. And Can we start succeed. with art? Mm -hmm. This Batgirl film. Yes. If it's done, and you showed it to a test audience, it's done done. It's edited. It's got special effects in it. Yeah, I mean, it's mostly, it's mostly done, yeah. Okay, how bad must this film be for it I to be canned. I, I don't think yeah. we know that for sure. Uh, it, it apparently got, uh, you know, a, a it, rating ratings from those test audiences were in the 60% range, which is not amazing, but we've certainly seen films that get those kinds of tests 
and then go on to become popular films. Uh, it Chapter One, tested in the same exact range, went on to become a monster hit. So quite literally a monster hit. Yeah, I don't exactly. Yeah. I don't think this is. Batgirl's terrible. There was that New York Post article came out and said Batgirl sucks, but like they like they like a headline. Who cares? They like okay. the saltiest take. We we don't know. And and the cal like the the pedigree of the film is pretty good. The the Bad Boys three directors directed it. They also recently did hmm. Moon Knight and Ms. Marvel for Disney Plus, which were well regarded. Leslie Grace is terrific. She was in In the Heights. Wait, is, but Michael this. Keaton is in this and Brandon they can't the bad yeah. guy. Like Wait this, a this was an anticipated movie. I'm it just saying, seems Yes. And the right wing is like, oh good, they dumped this woke movie. Right. That because has a it's woman a, of it's color a Latina lead. woman Batman Batgirl exactly. Muslim directors. Right. I'm just saying, like you have the you have a whole bunch of celebration over on Breitbart about it. Yeah. It, I mean for clicks. If, if you take what the WP culture Discovery wars. team is saying, saying it's a look. Yeah. It's it a it look. is a culture war look. And it's yeah. a choice to yeah. to try on that look. But well, they also lot. they also have a Latina fronted Supergirl movie that's still in the works that we could hear about what's going on there. And there's a blue the Blue Beetle movie that, right, that actor also is Latino. He's a, a Mexican okay, no actor. That's coming okay. out or that got canned? We don't know the status of those very much right. up in the air because they're in the same category of these are HBO Max originals. And that's what seems okay. to be the problem. Is It seems like the HBO team, Casey Bloys, his longtime team, exactly what you're saying, the Westworld okay. Game of Thrones developers, that team seems like it's going to be OK. It's this HBO Max originals that are in danger. All right. I'm, I'm starting to piece something together here. <laughs> There are some tax savings that are occurring. Yes. And DC is super important. I said this the other day. I did my little role playing of David Zaslav coming in to meet the DC team. And he came in and he said, okay, what should, you know, Marvel's had this great success and I see DC, you know, I'm the new owner here, I'm in charge. Tell me what made Marvel so successful. And they go around the table, all people explain Marvel phases and characters and you know, how they cast things, how important that was, right, Lon? And they said, well, why aren't we doing that? And then crickets. With this just fakaka crazy DC strategy of like, there's a flash on or a Batman or a Green Arrow occurring on this network TV show that sucks. And then there's like the Justice League and that kind of sucks. And then there's a Snyderverse and that's kind of better. It's just too much not coordinated action. It's a management disaster. And he just fires everybody. And lo and behold, here we are, he's firing everybody. Because there is another management issue. And I've said this, I had HBO, then I had HBO now, then I had HBO Max. I just want HBO. I don't need you to put a superlative or a plus or a now or this or that. I don't need HBO two, three, four, five. It's enough. It's HBO. I know what HBO means to me as a value proposition. You don't have to call it Max. So this is dumb to have two different content teams when we all know HBO made Sopranos, The Wire, Game of Thrones. We know what HBO means. Don't it's the idea of it's HBO and it's the Warner Brothers. So like you're also getting the WB movies. You're also getting that that library and the, the Cartoon Network. Okay. It doesn't and like, mean anything to it doesn't mean that's, anything that's to where consumers. The idea came from of the new okay. brand because it's it's not just HBO. It's it's all these other 
Warner Media Holdings are so also he's cleaning house. So when now we're yeah. onto the co- we're onto the organization structure and the merger. He's got to clean house and get this thing aligned. Sure. This movie is bad, but it also doesn't make sense that he wouldn't release that. it. We well, he said it's a sixty. Been. But anyway, so yeah, we don't know. So what they're saying is that it's in this in-between category. Jason Kylar, the Lex yes. team, the Warner right. Media team before the merger, their dictate from AT&T, the owners of the company at the time, was you got to compete with Netflix. You got to compete with Disney Plus, beef up the HBO Max service. That was the goal. And hmm. so that was when he's making the decision pull all Warner Brothers movies from theaters. We're putting them all on HBO Got Max it. opening okay. weekend. That's the and other big part of the Bat, the Batgirl part of this is that it was scheduled to be released simultaneously on streaming and movies. And he it was always kind of aimed for streaming. Right. Batgirl was always kind of aimed for streaming because that was the other part of this strategy ah. was we're also going to make mid-budget movies just for HBO Max. Oh, Never right. go into theaters just for HBO Max. And that's really what they're rolling back right now. They don't want to do that anymore. Zaslav seems to feel pretty strongly. If we make a movie, we gotta, you need to make the money that you would make at the box office. We can't, it's just a loss leader to put it on streaming. streaming. I think, uh, to me, that's what we're running Is that up a valid into. strategy? Is, is that, is that yeah. a valid point from Zaslav? I think so. I mean, I think what we're running into is the reality that stream it, you can't, it's hard to make money developing new expensive projects for a streaming platform. Got it. We just don't, you don't know how much you can really make per new project from new signups. After a while, you're throwing expensive content at people who are already signed up. And I think that's what he's running into right now. And so it's like, well, we got to spend a lot less on the content that we're presenting to the people who've already, we probably don't need to spend what we're spending to keep these people who already signed up on HBO Max. So let's massively cut our spend and see if we can hang on to all those subscribers. Listen, I am paying for Grammarly for both of my companies. Why do I spend the money on having every single employee using Grammarly? Because we are living in a right first culture. People are not going to offices. People judge you on your grammar, on your spelling, on your ability to communicate now more than ever. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool. You can churn out quickly, clear and concise communication. And if you double click on a word, It's going to give you all kinds of alternatives that you could use. And you have to get in there and start using Grammarly. You can start using it for free. It's got a free tone detector. So make sure you're making the right impression, even when you're using social media. Grammarly is a free download as a desktop app. It works anywhere you do. I use it on my phone. I use it on my iPad Pro. I use it on my desktop. I use it on Windows. I use it on Chrome OS. You can use it anywhere. It's going to make you more efficient. And you're going to get to the point faster and you're going to accomplish more. Go to Grammarly.com slash twist to sign up for a free account. Grammarly.com slash twist. And when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium, which you will, I guarantee it, uh, you're going to get 20% off for being a twist listener. I'm so excited that they're uh, sponsoring and supporting my podcast because I love the product. Thank you to the team over there. 20% off. G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash twist. So Mm -hmm. Molly, this also, you got to take into account the... Uh, COVID, the pandemic, and the shutdown when you couldn't go to a movie theater. Yeah, that's why people sent this stuff to streaming. And then we see Top Gun Maverick, best film of the year. You see the success of uh, Thor. Uh, there's it, been other notable. Box office hit? Yeah. I think it did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. 
things yep. are doing well. Yeah, people, I mean, people want to go out. Minions. So Molly, how much of this minions? How much Doctor of this has Strange, to do with Jurassic World? We've seen a we've seen a few right. movies I mean, getting unbelievable. back to this level so that we used to be. Go back to that. I I think that's what this is about, right? Oh, I'm sure that's what this is about. I think it's the what you know. And Lon, you tweeted about this. It's sort of this. There's a couple ways to approach this. Like you could move forward with a new strategy and start that strategy without killing a bunch of stuff that's already basically done, right? Like I get the there are probably good financial reasons. I like kill it for a tax write off or something. Um, there's a way to be a wartime CEO that doesn't necessarily alienate so many people this much or make them so worried about the brand like Lon was tweeting if you take stuff away and you take away this like really high quality I mean our perception of HBO because of everything you've said extends to HBO Max in some ways because like the HBO brand is like good stuff and so here comes this company and they're like we're killing this and we're killing this and we're killing this and there's some like social justice stuff attached to it that is like kind of icky feeling maybe and then on top of that you're like but Chip and Joanna Gaines are going to be on there with the you know, makeover shows and, and the, the, there does seem to be this perception, at least on Twitter that like, now we're just going to like mergers ruin everything. We're just going to be flooded with a bunch of shitty Netflix stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there was a, probably a gentler way to do this. And it definitely seems like he's drawing this weird line in the sand. Like Batgirl was like, we could put 40 million more into it and make it look like a theatrical film and release it in theaters, but we don't want to spend that money. We could just put it out as is on HBO Max and just let people know we're not going to do this anymore. But now nah, we don't want to do that. We want to move forward with this new strategy. So just kill it. And I feel like that's a that's a, a risky thing to sell to fans and to filmmakers. Uh, we're just going to mm -hmm. kill them. You know what? If you make a movie for us and we might just kill it. Like it I, seems profoundly unfair to the people who put effort into this. Sure. To get well, this close to the finish line and can it if it's a 60. Right, yeah, right. it's unnecessary. I, I would, if it was a 30 or 40, if it was an embarrassment and it would damage the Batman brand and they had big plans for Batman, maybe. Maybe I could see, but that would have to be like a real dog of a film, and right? Like no a laughable sense, film. Right, there's no exactly. sense that it's that horrific. I, I would, with these guys, did you guys, I don't know if you saw Bad Boys for Life, it's terrific. I have a hard time believing those guys would turn in a terrible, unwatchable Batgirl film. I mean, Sony just released Morbius. If if Morbius could come out in theaters, I have a hard time believing yeah. Batgirl's too terrible. But I do. I feel like they're they're creating this problem, which is if you start making this cha these changes on the heels of canceling things people were excited for, the perception, whether it's true or not, becomes exactly. that the new stuff you're doing comes at the expense of the old stuff people like. I like it, and it might be like a business, you know, assassination move that's that's smart in the long term. That's but what it is. You yeah. know what it is, though? Yeah. It's, a P it's a PR own goal. Well, it's also, I feel like anytime there's a new creative team coming in, there is also that instinct to like, the stuff your predecessors did is kind of lose lose yeah, not, for you. Not my project. If it succeeds, your new strategy looks dumb because the stuff people were doing before you is working. And if it fails, what are you doing releasing that crap? It's a it's a turkey. And so it's like, what what does he really stand to gain perception wise by releasing something the old team greenlit anyway if he doesn't believe in it? But what does he stand to lose also? Like right. well, and then you create this like every like. Hacks fans are now terrified, like, what if season three of Hacks doesn't happen because right. that's an HBO Max original? And, like, 
you don't want to worry the hacks fans. That's an Emmy winning show. Let I them like know that show. Fun. And Snowpiercer, they killed. They canceled Snowpiercer. They they're not going to make that anymore. Like people like that show. All the TBS. I mean, it TNT literally originals. is like, look, if you take, I mean, it just it's the the vibe I was getting from Twitter is like, if you're going to take away Snowpiercer and Batgirl and you know maybe hacks and you're going to give us chip and joanna Gaines. like this is not this doesn't uh, what, feel are, what are you talking about that i'm so into it feels what like what is chip why, and why joanna Gaines? Nice i don't things. understand i don't they're speak like french hgtv they're like a hgtv couple that does like cutesy cottage makeovers they do, in texas. Uh, they do a show called fixer upper uh, one of those uh. home renovation shows where they help people renovate their 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 family home but Sounds they got horrible. so popular, Discovery has actually given Target. them their own cable network. So what? the Magnolia network on your cable dial is programmed entirely with home renovation, DIY, fix-it kind of content from this couple, like, produced by Chip and Joanna Gaines. Right. So, like, good for them, but Snowpiercer? They, like, own the town of Waco, Texas. They They're totally very own the town of Waco. Oh, I do know about Waco, this. Texas. They have oh. that cute line in Target. I have the mirror. Yeah. They have this really yeah. nice mirror. And she's also, because Joanna Gaines also hosts a cooking show called The Magnolia Table. So they're really spidering into a lot of these different, mm. like all the areas that Discovery kind of specializes in. These are the Food. people who bought, like, they. I'm looking at this thing. They got these, like, silos or whatever, the Magnolia right. place. These people yes. seem completely insufferable. They renovate barns and old buildings. I, this is the last. Co I, this is the cute. couple. <laughs> this is the couple. When they show up at the dinner party, I just go right to the other side. I got to use the bathroom. I got to make a call. I mean, let me tell I you, I do I'd not want to sit between these two talking about crafts. Michael's Michael's. Yeah. No, are you kidding me? It's like Michael's. I bought the mirror. That's what I bought. What? That's what I'm saying. Oh. You took. I would have watched Batgirl probably 15 times, yeah. and I'm not watching this. Like, I'm just saying it's a perception problem. I think, the other thing is, it like, these are very, live, these, laugh, are great, these are great complementary, like, topic. You know, like, HBO content and Discovery content hits totally different quadrants. Yeah. So it makes total sense to put them together. Like, well, you've got this for, Absolutely. you know. You got yeah. three viewers. reasons to subscribe. You got yeah, DC old, Comics, you would, Cartoon you Network, HBO, and these... Insufferable yeah, the old crap Yankee people. workshop. You just yeah. don't want to make it the perception that we're losing this stuff to gain. Oh, you got this Shark stuff. Week. Exactly. Yeah, it's you want it to be. Way. It's great. You want it to be a little bit of everything for everybody here on whatever yeah. this platform. The whole is family can enjoy one of these things. This right. six. Of, I got six wings at bat, right, Molly? Instead of kicking the nerds out of the tent, which exactly. is how and I that's feel like, right now. Like that was a big thing for Disney. All right, Plus he's going to reverse it. He's going to reverse it. You get Pixar, you get Marvel, you get National yes. Geographic. Like Disney did a really good job of Star highlighting. Star Wars. Like, that it's one not Twitter just thread? cartoons. It's this, it's that, it's this. Right, I'm, I'm guaranteeing this is getting reversed. Majority chance this gets reversed. What, the audience what? always All wins. Of it? Well, then give no, us Batgirl. No, they're going to redo. They're going uh, 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 to release Batgirl. I not about Batgirl, but now I weirdly do. No, the Batgirl well, they're going to release. I want to see this Batgirl. I want to see gonna, this. I guarantee they release it. It's going to be, a, this is like a Snyder Cut kind of play. The audience is going to revolt. There's going to be some Twitter campaign. Somebody's oh, going to hire some bots. And they, they're going to release this. Okay. Then on Snowpiercer, I don't know. They could yes. wind up. I don't know. Look, not. I'm not watching it. I'm just saying. Hacking on but CBS also asked, uh, there's a comedy show called Chad. Nassim Pedraj, she used to be on SNL. She plays a teenage boy named Chad. They have a season in the can. They made it, produced, done. But TBS decided no more scripted comedy. 
So they're just never going to release it. It's sitting. See, I don't on agree a shelf. with this. You can't nope. do this to the artist. That's if a bad look. If you made it, it's bad a. Look. That's what I'm saying. It's a bad, bad reputational look. Like if you yeah. made it, release it. Don't screw creatives. That will come back to haunt you. Yeah, it's bad from a creator relationship. If you were going to make a show, you would now hesitate before doing it for Warner because, well, is it going to see the light of day? Yeah. Well, in fairness, though, he is canceling anything with John Cena, so that's good. Because um, <laughs> I just, that guy, I had enough of him. Um, oh, really Pacemaker want... was great. Computer. Was it good? Oh, it was I just really saw, good. like, the trailer for it, and I was like, I just, I don't know. I got the boys on Amazon. I'm good. Um, so they're interesting parallels, but it's a very different show. I really enjoy it. Listen, it's been a big summer for everybody. My sales guy, Matt, my top performer. I love Matt. Got back uh, from a wedding last weekend. He got asked by four different people where his suit came from because it looked so good. And when I was on my vacation, I had to wear one for a cocktail party. Same experience, two or three people. Hey, Jake, where'd you get the suit from? Was it some crazy, ridiculous, expensive brand? Nope. It was Indochino making miracles happen for both Matt and I. Weddings are back. And if you want to look great, you got to use Indochino. They make high quality custom suits fitted for you and shirts and casual wear and more. With Indochino, you can customize everything about your suit, even chinos and bomber jackets. And it's at surprisingly affordable prices. I could not believe the value I got from my Indochino suits. Every piece is made to your exact measurements and you can customize every little detail, the fabric, the lapel, the monogram, and my favorite, the statement linings. Indochino suits start for as little as $4.29. I'm not kidding, and shirts for $79. Great deal. And if you got that big day coming up, get the perfect look. It's so easy at Indochino. They're gonna give you 50 bucks off any purchase of $3.99 or more because you used my promo code, TWIST, T-W-I-S-T, at Indochino.com. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. And use the promo code TWIST, please, so they know I sent you. This is gonna become, I think, Zaslav is taking dramatic action early. I like it. Now, do they still own CNN? Is that still part of this? Yes, in fact, we also, another announcement today, a lot of the CNN library is going to Discovery Plus. So as we're getting all these Magnolia shows are going to HBO Max, CNN films and originals are going to Discovery Plus. Perfect. So they're going to get the Stanley Tucci travel show, the full Anthony Bourdain Experience. library, CNN yeah. film stuff. Smart, That's all smart, smart. On Discovery Plus. Well, now, hold on. One thing I'm not understanding is, is all of this under one bundle? So if I pay you 15 bucks for HBO Max, do I get Discovery Plus and everything? TVD. Or? Uh, well, we will probably oh. hear today during the earnings call some kind of, so far we don't know. that Nothing's formally been announced about HBO Max and Discovery Plus themselves joining forces. We're still talking about them like two totally separate entities, but I don't know how much longer that's going to last. Would you put everything under HBO? or Discovery HBO, because HBO is the greatest brand of the collection, the most well-respected. But Discovery is a close second. So what would you do, Molly, Lon? Would you, if you had to pick one to put it under the umbrella, is the umbrella Discovery and it has HBO and Cartoon Network, or do you say it's HBO and it has Discovery and all this other stuff? Which one? Because it's gotta be one brand. There has to be one brand going back forward. It can't be multiple lead brands. When I subscribe to something, you gotta give me something like Hulu, you know, yeah, wouldn't you put it under Disney HBO Plus. Max and then you'd go there and it would be like when you open up Disney and you have the yes. Marvel portal and the this portal and but I think it has to That's um, what I would do. And it has to be HBO too. portable and I think it has to be under HBO Max. 
That's what I was going to say, too. Because I get that actually makes perfect sense to me. Like, it's HBO and all the Max and Maximum Awesome all concluded. But now Zaslav spent all this time building Discovery, so maybe he feels a little ego with the Discovery brand. I mean, Seems the, the like top it. three, definitely in the U.S., the top <laughs> three are definitely Netflix, Disney Plus, HBO Max. Yeah. So you so got to go with like, your winner. You can't get I feel rid of like it'd brand. be foolish to leave mm -hmm. the HBO Max brand on the table when it's more notable, more people have it, more popular than Discovery Plus. If he pushes uh, Discovery Plus down our throats and tries to kill HBO Max, J. Cal, you better sell. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like That'll that. Be a bad just, anyway, the, here's the what I like. The brand is sign, strong though. if you care about Shark Week and fix it shows, but the HBO brand is strong on a much broader yeah. level. Yeah. Now, DC should be given to the creatives at HBO to run because they know storytelling and they'll make it serious and interesting. Or should they build a team like the, uh, what is it, Feige? Feige. Yeah. Kevin Feige. Feige is the, the should they find a Feige? Guy. Or, and should that be Snyder? No. Or should they just give it to <laughs> HBO and say, hey, HBO, you know how to do this. Build a team in the HBO world. Uh, it's a fascinating question. I mean, I, I don't know the I, I don't know that anybody else could just take what Marvel did and like do enough. It was very it was like threading a needle. What okay. Marvel did. I, I feel like DC's overall strategy isn't terrible and has produced like the Batman did really well. It was really good. Joker did really well. It was really good. Aquaman did really well and was good. Uh, Wonder Woman. Fantastic. Like, they, they've had mm -hmm. hits. So I the don't know. The only Batman with Christian Bale. The only yeah. reason you think it's a dog is because of the Snyder like bot war. Like literally the Snyder cut bots created this broader umbrella impression well, that the DC brand is kind of a dog. And sure, it hasn't performed as well Justice as Marvel, League. but it's not a dog. I it's would say Justice League is where I, it, I know it's done okay, but yeah, the but Justice like League the and the- six movies we just mentioned. Yeah. The, ju the original Justice League and Batman versus Superman were right. very disappointing. Well, that they're better, but I mean, Birds of Prey was kind of disappointing. All through all the ones that I mentioned- Suicide Squad, Right. Yeah, yeah there, the, all through all the ones, ones I now. mentioned, there were other examples of ones that didn't hit. So that's what they're missing, is they don't have that Marvel uh. consistency where everyone that comes out does a baseline hundred million. But is this because count on it? Oh wait, but is this because of their casting and directorial, mercurial, quixotic approach to this, which is everybody gets to play the Joker. Everybody gets to play Batman. Everybody gets to I make their version of this. Because I do in some ways really appreciate the Joker and, and you know what they did there. And, you know, but I I kind of feel like, you know, I want to have my Iron Man, I want to have my Black Widow, and I want to just know who's playing that person and just lock into it. I don't know. I, I feel I mean, with, very with confused. Marvel, you've got casting. One, one pipeline. You've got Marvel Studios. It yes. all goes through Kevin Feige. He's the deciderer. And like, even the Disney Plus shows don't have show writers. They only have head writers or show showrunners. They only have head writers because Kevin Feige's the showrunner. And Got like it. all these movies, they say, you know, oh, it's directed by Sam Raimi or Taika Waititi or Chloe Zhao. It's co-directed by them and, and Kevin Feige. And okay. at Warner's, you do not have that. You've got the DC Comics team and they've got DC Films. And then you've got 
the Warner Brothers team, and these two teams are both making these movies. And sometimes the Warner team is like, we're working with this director, and they don't want to have involvement from, you know, Christopher Nolan doesn't want people from DC looking over his shoulder, so we're giving him final cut. DC, you don't have a say in the movie, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, Marvel doesn't ever have that. There's no, like, hey, I'm going to decide what Thor does this time. Kevin Feige knocks on your door and says, no, he's going over to this planet. So this is a molly decision of you know do you let people you know take their own spin on things and you have a decentralized control and decision making or centralized control decision making if it's decentralized you can get these incredible moments like the joker or you know uh you know the batman or the christopher nolan versions of batman you get these incredible moments of excellence which you can also get these things that are just incongruous to the, you know, the great moments. And then w- we're never going to see Christian Bale and Joaquin Phoenix, you know, and I'm trying to think of who's played these roles the best. Ben Affleck, Jared Leto. I wouldn't want Jared Leto to come in there. I want Robert Pattinson. Uh, Heath, Le- okay. oh, Heath Ledger's gone. Um, he did pretty good, Pattinson, I think. Um, now we've got Barry Keegan as our new Joker. All right. Paul Dano is the rhythm. All right, all right. So... I like where it's going, and this leads to, I guess, Roku and Paramount Plus did pretty good, right? Yeah, so this is another interesting, like, uh, branding shoving down our throats that I wasn't sure was going to work when, you know, CBS went from All Access and rolled it all in, I think, right, to Paramount Plus. Mm -hmm. And Paramount Plus, it seems like, has sort of become low-key indispensable. There was something, actually, that I went to watch the other day, and my brother was like, it's on Paramount Plus, you got to get it. And anyway, now, Paramount Plus seems to be doing well enough and seems to be having enough uh, can't-miss content that it's now launching as a premium subscription within the Roku channel. They'll have this ad-supported essential plan that costs $4.99 a month and the ad-free premium plan for $9.99 a month within... Roku, what Juan, what's your take on Paramount Plus? What's what's so valuable here that Roku would make it part of the offering? They have that leg up on, you know, say a Netflix or an Amazon. They're Apple. They're not starting from scratch. They've got this vast library they can pull from. Uh so you know that they can do a Star Trek Strange New Worlds that can become a hit that's drawing on this audience of Star Trek fans that was already there. And they're making theatrical films already. So they had The Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. That's now a Paramount Plus exclusive. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, that's now a Paramount Plus exclusive. Uh, The Jackass movies are on there. The other big advantage they have is CBS is already a player in the sports world. So whereas a lot of these other services have to go out and start Amazon's like making an NFL deal so they can get sports, all the CBS sports deals now are just Paramount Plus deals as well. So even during the earnings report today, they highlighted Champions League soccer as like a huge draw in European territories that you can watch these or or even in, you know, North America where people are soccer fans. They can just watch all these CBS sports matches right from Paramount Plus right away. So, yeah, I mean, Hmm. I think they're 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 seeing some success. They've got 64 million subscribers to all the Paramount streaming services worldwide, which also includes Showtime. That's the other thing to bear in mind. Ah. And they also own Pluto TV, which is the, the one of the bigger free ad-supported streaming services that's been growing. They're at uh, around 70 million monthly active users now. Huh. So is Paramount 
going to consolidate all of this? Like, is Showtime going to be under Paramount and be part of like one subscription I, price? I feel also, like, and eventually. can that just please start to include Cinemax? I only want to watch one thing on Cinemax, and it's Strike Back. That's and HBO. it's so stupid. I know it, it is. is. It's HBO. Cinemax would be under the WB Discovery right, umbrella. Strike back yes. something oh, that's just absorb it for God's sake. Warrior so was originally stupid. a Cinemax show, and they're making a new season of it for HBO Max right now. So yeah, but so, they don't. Not all the Cinemax shows made it to HBO Max for some reason. It must be a hmm. rights issue. But Showtime even, is CBS. Did you just overshare? This might be TMI, Molly. I don't. Strike back is this like a Cinemax? Yeah, it's like not, I, call, I call the channel Skinamax and I will okay. never stop. But Strike Back is They're a like freaking awesome anti-terrorist. Anti I thought this was after midnight situation. Uh, it's a weird name. It's a weird name, but no, it, it is amazing. If you just want like a awesome, stupid action like team oh, show okay. with tons of betrayals and you never know who's gonna die, it is the hmm. greatest. If you could only have one, Paramount or Netflix, which do you go for? If it included Showtime, which would you go for, Lon? I mean, there's a lot. I, I, I've been saying with Paramount, there's like only one or two things on there at a time that I like, but I really like them. Like, I ah. love Strange New Worlds. I love Evil, mm. which is on there right now and which is terrific. Interesting. Okay. But I mean, Netflix Netflix has more stuff. I just, Got it. Okay. not as much of it reaches that point where I'm like excited to check it out every week. So I don't and know. And to be clear, it, HBO Max one. with the collection we talked about for you would be, you would pick that over Netflix. I think right now HBO Max is probably the the, the overall. You could only have one, Netflix or uh, HBO Max. Oh, it's HBO Max. It's okay. HBO Max. I'm just I think um, HBO Max. To me, HBO I'm making Max, J trades based on your opinion. Just so you know, HBO Max and Hulu. I think <laughs> no right pressure. now are they're both like ascendant. Like those are yes. by far, I think, the two strongest right now in terms of the content. And Hulu, itself. of course, is owned by Disney. It is right. Yeah. So I have my Disney stock. I have my Warner Brothers HBO stock. I don't own Netflix. I don't own Paramount. So just so people know how I'm playing this, I feel like I'm betting on the winners and I'm not betting on the losers. I'm not shorting the losers or the also me, runs. But Paramount is, is pretty close. Like they're one acquisition away from a real, like a hmm. real killer offering. Like if you, if Paramount brought in Showtime and then they grabbed like Lionsgate, now you've got, now you've got a competitive sort Something of, you interesting. know. It's like uh, something, something like that. I feel like they're one, they're they're like one new content library way. Like if AMC and and uh, Paramount United, un unstoppable. If you're running a startup, you know that every little bit of help counts. Between running your team, building the product, getting compliant, hiring people, studying customer support, everything. It's overwhelming. I know that. I work with y'all every day, but the Microsoft for Startups Founders Hub is here to help you. They're going to help you build a better startup from day one, whether you're plugged into Silicon Valley or not. The Microsoft for Startup Founders Hub is a digital platform created by founders for founders, and they give you amazing benefits. The first one right off the bat, unbelievable, up to $150,000 in Azure credits, and then one-to-one -one technical advisory on scalability, best practices, security, your tech stack, all that stuff, and you get access to a huge mentor network, plus free dev tools like GitHub Enterprise, access to partners like OpenAI, Bubble, and others, free Microsoft software, including Outlook and Teams, and much, much more. The program is open to everyone. There's no fundraising requirements. You don't need to know somebody. 
They want to support all founders. It takes just five minutes to apply and startups get all these massive benefits immediately. So learn more and sign up for Microsoft for Startups Founders Hub today at, you're going to write this down right now. Stop what you're doing. Get a pen, get a paper, aka.ms slash this week in startups. That's simple. Aka.ms slash this week in startups. As we wrap here, we talked about uh, doing a show Bible in a pilot episode. Yeah. Of Ruga, <laughs> is that how you pronounce her name? Ruha or Ruga? I, I I I would I would love to get a Ruja Ignatova. I believe is how you. That's how I've been saying. All right. As we wrap up here, you've started to investigate this. You got a researcher you're I working read, with. Uh, there's okay. a there's a BBC reporter named Jamie Bartlett who's mm -hmm. really done the the best work I think or yes. the most thorough work on this story. He wrote a book called The Missing Crypto Queen mm -hmm. that I have read. Oh, okay, great. So I had, uh, he also made a BBC podcast that mm. the, by, I have a researcher, Drew Grant. She's listening to that while I read the book. Got so it. we'll, we'll have, we'll, we'll share notes after that's done for anything that was in one and not the other. Got it. So based on what you know, is this going to be a great streaming series? I think there's a ton of potential here. I, I, I think. What I what I really like about it and what I think that this hits so well, because I don't know how much you know about her scam. We don't have to get into the the, the deep. Specifics. I know a decent amount. I haven't listened to I haven't read the book, but she's, I know a decent she's really amount. bringing together two scams in one. It's multi-level marketing. It's a multi-level marketing scam and it's a crypto scam Love it. in one. So Love the idea it. is you're multi-level marketing Winner. your salespeople instead of selling knives or workout tapes or skin cream or whatever, they're selling crypto and then they're getting their money from their downstream, like all of the other salespeople working under them. They're getting like 60% of it in cash, 40% of it in the coin that they're selling. So it's like a double, it's like a, it's like a double scam. And I think what that gets across so well, it's a great way to explore the entire concept of crypto investment and how it was people who understood it kind of hoping to appeal. How do they sell this to people who don't understand it, but we want to take their money anyway? It's incredible. And I think this story is a fascinating look into that world because the, 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 the book makes it clear not only did most of the people buying one coin not really understand crypto, most mm. of the people she was hiring to sell one coin didn't understand it either. It was Imagine. like her and two other people didn't really got what to. was going on. Okay. And nobody Amazing. else even knows enough to ask the right questions. And that's why I think this is such a fascinating. So this is going to be another one of these situations where there can be multiple people writing the same story because they sold that series to New Regency already. Oh, so, wow. I didn't even know. Yeah. That. So, I mean, that's obvious. But this is like the Elizabeth Holmes thing. There could be multiple swings at bat here. Sure. So then I, mean, the I was thinking about this. Would be, there's the we're making the real story with the real names about these real people. Right. The other option would be this would not be that hard to fictionalize, not right. use real names, not use real people. Or just use it as a jumping off point. Right. Exactly. Inspired by. Exactly. Okay, cool. All right. So we'll talk about that offline. But I think that's job. a good. Yeah, that's a conversation we should have is like, do we want to make this? Do we want me to stick to the facts or take yeah. this as a jumping off a springboard for a I fictional thought, story? Yeah, my gut was with the latter. Like, it's an interesting springboard. I wonder if there are one or two other crypto stories that you could weave into this. Right. Where, exactly. you know, there's like the NFT of like the, I don't know, loosely based on the, the apes. 
And then there's the the Satoshi Bitcoin creator, and right. you weave multiple stories of crypto insanity exactly. over an arcing series, right? And, and, and it's do, is it is it an open ended? Are we leaving this for maybe there's a season two, yes. or are we closing it out because it's a real story and like right. here's what happens? All, all right. discussions that we should have. All right, well done, Slon. All right, thank you. All right, Lon. We'll see you well next done. week. Well done. See you next all week. Right. See you guys at Lon's. All right, everybody. Next up. Our Series A segment continues with the very popular social app, Locket, getting a decent amount of funding. And then we talk about M&A. Or not. Lena or. Khan making her first big move <laughs> nice. at the FTC, maybe trying to shut down a little bit of M&A in a test case that could reverberate throughout the industry. Uh, it's big news. It's big news. Enjoy. All right. What's going on in Series A and M&A, Molly? So I don't think this is technically a Series A, but I don't mm. care because it's a super interesting raise in okay. a in a vertical in a topic bucket that we've been talking about nonstop. Locket. So we've been talking about the latest in social apps and all this competition. And Locket is one of these new contenders alongside Be Real and uh, Paparazzi that's just been kind of hot lately and just raised twelve million dollars. With investors including OpenAI CEO Sam Altman, Instagram co-founder Mike Krieger, and Quora CEO Adam D'Angelo. So this is so interesting because not only we've we been talking about this, Rachel and I talked all about Be Real while you were out and kind of like what the kids are doing and who, which app everybody seems to be choosing. And it's mostly been Be Real. So I find it very interesting that these kind of like tech veterans and the Instagram co-founder are actually putting their money into Locket. And the the conceit with this app is that uh, users can take photos and post them to their friends' home screens in like a widget. And so Great. whenever a friend takes a new photo, the old one gets replaced. So if your friends are like really fast, you might miss a post. Mm -hmm. Or if your friends aren't ado adopting the app, then you could have the same thing on your home screen for a while. Yep. But it also has this 20-friend restriction and we rachel made us a little video because of course she's like using all of these she's very social though rachel i, I, very I watch social. her on the social i watch her on twitter she's getting quite a following uh producer rachel and she's hilarious. this is she's pretty funny yeah um path.com had this as well there's something called the dunbar number uh you can look it up basically it was mm -hmm. a study done by a professor basically it figured out who the connectors were in the world people who knew a large number of people by first name is how you do the test so if I said to Molly, hey, how many people do you know with the name Mike, list them all, and I had a mic, I could list them all. Some people were just off the charts in terms of how many mics they knew, right? And these are people like me, or possibly Molly. Uh, in fact, they wrote a story about me in the New Yorker called The Connector, which was based on this concept, the Dunbar number. Mm -hmm. That was a number that um, a lot of people in social and the first wave of social companies were aware of. And that's how they came up with uh, on path, you could only have 50 people and then I think they made it 200. And path.com was really beautiful. So yeah. uh, if you want the technical definition Dunbar number by using the average human brain size and extrapolating from the results of primates, he proposed that humans can comfortably maintain 150 stable relationships. And there were all kinds of tests to kind of prove this theory. And then who, you know, kind of broke through it and social media Molly does help you break this, right? You wind up who has 150 people in their social networks? Nobody people yeah. have 1000s now. Yeah. And what these apps are trying to do is bring it back down to a manageable number, which is why you have close friends, I think is the term they use on Instagram, 
which yeah, Instagram like and Facebook stole everything from Dave Moore. And actually, even on Twitter now, they have close friends or your your circle, actually, they call it. And Google, when they did Google+, Plus, which was their failed attempt to compete with Facebook, but it was really actually a pretty good product, they had a concept of circles where you could create mm -hmm. circles and share things with just your circles. Now, Twitter's using that same term, which is like your circle on there. Yeah. So this yeah. is the same concept, which is- I liked circles. You know, narrow it down. So that you can have a more loosey goosey discussion, maybe let your hair down a little bit, which is what you say, Molly, you're doing with group chat. Oh, absolutely. Everything now, everything. I'm sorry to everybody who is waiting for like fun content on Twitter. I just, um, it's only text right now. No, but what's the other thing that I think is very interesting about Locket is that um, it's like a, you can have this kind of passive experience. Like Rachel pointed out that she could see someone who isn't very tech native loving this because if you put this app and the widget on your phone, it's like one of those digital picture frames. Like yes. new pictures just keep rolling in. Yep. And it's kind of this nice, I like the idea that it's sort of a widgety picture frame that's just on your phone all the time and it's only people you really care about. So this is a, if for those who are watching the video, this is Rachel scrolling through, I guess, the feed of the 20 friends. You can sort of interact, like you can send a reaction to somebody's picture. It's less about like, love me world, I need validation, right. you know, Kardashian Instagram nonsense or TikTok trying to or trend. Or TikTok where it's fed to you, right? This is like, yes. I actually do want to know what my friends are up to. And that's it. And that's it. I mean... This is one of the things that, you know, I'm trying to do in our uh, in my life and, and in our life here on the program is we have the noties. We have like the top 100 fans of the show who come every day, watch live. We know their names. We're collecting their emails. We're going to make the noty 100, you know, like our 100 super fans just to invite them to come hang out with us and have dim sum or sushi or pizza or whatever and just chill. So you get to know a smaller group of people, but deeper. And it's kind of fun, you know, especially when you have mass market products or followings. Like we we both have six figures worth of followers on Twitter it's a bit overwhelming, right? And it's nice to to narrow it down. I think that's a great device here for uh, Locket. It seems like a great idea. The problem with these companies, the challenge, mm -hmm. since we're talking about this is, you know, um, how quickly is Zuck going to steal this idea mm -hmm. and do it better? Uh, right. Which is what he is. Um, he's a he's probably not going to do it better, but he's going to do it with a network effect that is going to make it unstoppable. Right. It doesn't he'll do it with really a network. Well, be he'll take five swings. That's true. It has to be just the same. Yeah. But he tends to take five swings at bat and then eventually he makes it a little better. If you think about Instagram filters, there's many more Instagram filters than on, I believe, Snap, right? He generally, I think, overwhelms people by the fifth version, which he stole, by the way. Speaking of stealing, his stealing strategy mm -hmm. is stolen. What? From Bill Gates. <laughs> That's how much of a thief Zuckerberg is. My God. He couldn't even come up with his own way of absconding like, from ideas. I like what Bill Gates does. I'm just going to He steal. literally, really? he's a meta thief. That's hysterical. You know, like, because he named the company Meta, he's a meta thief. And the reason he's such a meta thief is because what Bill Gates used to do is he'd like, okay, I have a platform Windows, build me apps. And they're like, okay, here's Lotus 1 through 3 and one word perfect. He's like, that's interesting. I wonder if I built these in and made Microsoft Office, what that would look like. And he literally built Microsoft Word and Word and Excel, and people laughed at how horrible those programs were mm -hmm. compared to WordPerfect. And then by version five. Yep. It just kept your so Word, right. It just kept getting better. In version of three better. or four of Word, it was parody, and then it got better. And then it was built into the operating system. And that's why they got that SEC, I'm sorry, the um, FTC action. DOJ was DOJ, mm -hmm. because they were bundling, this bundling strategy was so good, bundling, another way of just saying stealing your product and putting it in mind, 
which is what Zuckerberg does. <laughs> well, and then forcing you to take the whole And then you have no choice. Well, as a consumer, right. And then taking away your previous choice and forcing you into it like they're doing with the TikToks on Reels, right? It's to the point at which people are complaining like, okay, we get it. You're shoving it down our throats. We don't want it. Mm -hmm. They did that with the browser. So, yep. and that was where they got themselves in a lot of trouble. Um, and that's why they missed mobile because they just didn't want to do acquisitions or they just lost their aggressive edge. They and the, they, well, they had the DOJ in their business for a decade. Yes. Like they couldn't, they were, you know, it cost them employees. Yeah. It's just a, such an interesting yes. story. And now we look at Meta and this is a great segue. Yep. When we talk about M&A, we talked about Lena Khan. She's the incredibly young, incredibly brilliant head of the FTC. And she's taken her first action. She is suing to block Zuck's acquisition of fitness app maker within unlimited. So to be clear, it's a VR fitness app maker, right? Uh, within it's a metaverse limited. gym. It's a metaverse in the parlance. I, I'm going to stop saying I'm going to stop giving them any credit for metaverse. That's so irritating. Also, it's so annoying. Also okay, stolen. So it's stolen and stole the concept of meta. Let's stole just the yeah, name meta. From now on, new rule. We only <sighs> say virtual reality. They don't virtual get the rebrand. They don't get the rebrand. So they uh, entered an agreement in October of 2021, this past October, for $400 million to buy this. Totally insignificant in terms of the size of this deal. This company had raised money from Emerson Collective. That's um, Steve Jobs' widow, um, Lorraine Laura, Powell. Uh, Lorraine Powell Jobs. Mm -hmm. Lorraine Powell Jobs, thank you, uh, was an investor in it. And um, Lena Khan is saying that this is going to hinder you're like, why? Wait, what does this do to consumers? This doesn't harm consumers. This doesn't consolidate some huge position. She believes that this is going to be anti competitive in the future. Mm -hmm. So remember this whole precog concept she was putting out there that like, in the future, this could cause something. So she's trying to change the lens. What do you think of this? Does this make any sense to you? Do you think they should be doing this? Do you think this is retribution because they didn't or like an overreaction because they didn't stop Instagram and WhatsApp and they're now trying to slow down uh, Facebook. Do you think it's just because of Facebook's reputation or because of the political stuff with Facebook? What, do you, what are your thinking here? I think it's definitely Facebook's reputation, right? You, she wouldn't necessarily, I don't think that they would have, I 100% acknowledge and agree with you that this is a pretty risky way to come out of the gate. Like there were probably, I mean, the FTC has, taken other antitrust actions before with sort of limited success or medium success, there might have been a more traditional antitrust path forward here, e even like it might even have been less risky to try to, I don't know, unwind, you know, there were rumors that they might try to unwind the Instagram acquisition or the WhatsApp acquisition, which too late. It's, you know, it's too late. And that would have been incredibly difficult. Obviously, Facebook was very worried about that, which is why they went ahead and like, mash those two together yep. so quickly. But it, there's no question that this was part of the Microsoft strategy that you just mentioned. It's been part of Facebook's strategy for a really long time. It's part of Apple's strategy. Every, every one of these big companies, when they see something that could be a future competitor, goes out and buys it, particularly yep. Zuck. He goes out and buys it, and he either disappears it or, you know, yep. makes it part of the fold. More often, he steals it, and sometimes More he buys he it. Just seals it right sometimes yeah, he buys it and and kills the competition in the crib and there 
I am certain that at this point, the Lena Khan FTC is thinking like, well, look, we have. Yeah, it's messed up. Sorry. She probably feels like the case is bolstered by the fact that there were all those documents that the whistleblower released where it was very obvious that they that Facebook executives identified Instagram and WhatsApp as threats and bought them. As yes. a result, to, to yep. put them out of it, right, to get rid of sure. them, to get them out of the competitive mix. So I'm sure she's thinking, we have a smoking gun of this happening in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, this okay, is, I like if, it. If we can win this, then we set this really big precedent that says, like, hey, you can't just go around buying whatever you want to kill it. I, that said, I still think it's, like, going to be an uphill climb. I think they basically handed Facebook the perfect antitrust case to battle. Um, and it makes Facebook look you know, less predatory, because it's like, well, this is a tiny little app. And we're giving these, you know, entrepreneurs and investors a great win. And but here's this is the reason why I think Facebook is going to just absolutely get crushed in the next decade because of the stupid mission to try to bet the farm on VR. Apple and Google would never make an acquisition like this. Why? They want to be the platform. And they don't want to overreach and be the platform and the application layer. Zuckerberg is taking his playbook after everybody watched him do it, and kill Zynga's apps and everything else and every partner they've ever had, they've basically stabbed in the back. Whereas Google and Apple are going to say, you know what, Apple and Google could write those like, you know, those briefs, like friends of the court briefs, amicus briefs, amicus, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They could like do and I don't know if that is something that exists in the FTC when they do this stuff. But the amicus brief is going to be like, we're not going to buy these apps, we're going to have an app store where they can fight it out. And uh, it'll be better for consumers that everybody fights it out in an app store and the best app wins. And we'll have competition. And Apple, Apple's going to just say like, you know, look at all the high quality stuff we have in our app store, Google will say the same thing. Well, why would you let them just sweep through the app store and buy the top 20 apps? Yep. And, and such a buying, stupid strategy by suck stupid it actually strategy really is a mistake because by buying the other thing that that the FTC has in its corner on this one is that when you buy competition, you start to tread into the easiest of all antitrust complaints, which is the original test. Does it harm consumers? Does it cost consumers more? And at the end of the day, if there's only one place to get all your virtual reality stuff, and that's meta then there's going to be a pricing concern, whether that price is, you know, paid in data or in lack of competition. So by trying to remove any competition from the market by buying it, I I do think that Facebook, that Meta made a huge strategic error here. It's a real stretch by Lena Khan and the FTC, but it's not, I don't, it's not impossible that they end up putting a stop to this. And then that will have a massive chilling effect for all kinds of tech companies. Yeah. I mean, who is advising? Facebook. Oh, right. He has super voting shares. Nobody. Right. Exactly. He's the this king. is where like king. Sheryl Sandberg and other folks around him were, were beneficial. Maybe they kept him on the rails. This is just such a stupid decision. You don't need to buy uh, these applications and then have Lena Khan be like, Oh, Oh, look, thank you. Thank you for putting this in my lap. Now, I don't think it's a perfect case. But I do see all the pent up hate and distrust of Facebook. And Zuckerberg specifically, you know, he's got no friends. The guy's got no friends, zero yep. friends, zero yeah. friends, Zuck. It, it, you know, the people who even worked with him, you know, like they don't stick around him. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen, you know, like usually in Silicon Valley, when you make all these friends, they kind of stick around and you make people billionaires, they kind of be friends for life. You're kind of a squad and like, 
doesn't seem to cultivate a squad of loyal people around him because he's not loyal himself. Yeah. And this kind of stuff catches up with you. It's no way to live. If you're an entrepreneur watching this, this is like how not to enjoy your life and be a great entrepreneur. You could be successful, but I don't think you're going to enjoy your life when you create this much animosity around how you do business. Suck is the worst of Silicon Valley, like literally the worst actor in Silicon Valley, I believe is Zuckerberg. Yeah, I can't really disagree. But he's yeah. uploaded his consciousness and he's mostly robot now. So I guess he doesn't care. <laughs> no, it's just like, you, you would think somebody who is around him would just say, hey, schmuck. Well, I think they have. And then the ones who used to say that have are leaving. I mean, that's what the thing that maybe right, that's what right. happens when you become a king mm. who's richer than God is Mad people king. stop telling you the truth and you eventually just weed truth, out yeah. the ones who would tell you the truth. And, you know, you have to acknowledge at some point that he's probably a different person now than he was then. Yeah, he was very impressionable in the beginning. Like, and now he's, I don't think people can get to him. Yeah. Stupid. I mean, it's actually, it's, I kind of like the fact that he's doing stupid, making these stupid mistakes, um, like putting all this money into VR. That's going to be a disaster. Making these crazy M&A things when he knows he's under a microscope. Stupid. These are yeah. stupid decisions. And I think yeah. people who are working there are now looking at their options and saying like, this guy is going to run us off a cliff. He, he, he burned like $3 billion last quarter or something like that on this Fakaka VR, you know, mm -hmm. uh, mission that nobody believes in. There's nobody who works at Facebook who is passionate about VR. There's well, nobody there. Nobody uses it. I hear that all the people on the meta team love working on the, they love working on the Oculus. Like the Oculus team has been the happiest place at Facebook for a long time from what I hear internally. And people really want to be on that team. And really want to be because how fun is it to be on to the team with three billion dollars stop resources? <laughs> that's where yeah, all the juice is. Like that's yeah. it's you know it's like Fair. you can have whatever you want if you're on the Oculus team. I think it's fun as hell. Like they okay. love it. So that's the my thing point that we is, have to keep in you... mind is like from the outside we're like and internally they're like this couldn't be more fun. Okay. Yes, and certainly compared with optimizing the Facebook privacy invading ad tr tracking <laughs> machines can't be fun either <laughs> so it's like its own version of hell <laughs> right but purgatory but if but you're the drinking thing. the kool-aid you're like we're building the future this is but it. to my point i i just don't think the people who are even there are going home and putting on a vr headset or can't wait on the weekend to do vr that's the thing i don't think that anybody enjoys vr it's just not fun there's yeah. i mean there's like only mm -hmm. three or four things I can think of that really make VR worth doing education. Mm -hmm. Some saber. of the lightsaber games were like interesting enough for me to try them and then like want to play them one more time. But even if the fidelity gets great, I still don't want to do it. I would do it for getting better at a sport. Like if you told me I could go in the simulator and get better at skiing or mountain biking, and it would be like an instructor and I would learn certain techniques and I could see it in 360. Perhaps. I think everything is AR. Now, if Zuck is doing the VR and investing all this money just as a precursor to AR, then maybe it's a brilliant strategy. But I just think he's going to get his ass handed to him by Google's Play Store and Apple's uh, App Store. I think there's going to be a lot of fun to be had in VR. I think there's fun to be had in VR now, and it's only going to keep getting better. Would I What's bet last my time entire money printing machine on it? Probably not. When's the last time you used it? <laughs> You're a tech when, my aunt, when my aunt was visiting, because she plays this multiplayer VR game every single night. She's what? Got her, like, this is the homies. first I've ever heard of this. Hold on. Yeah. This no, is this somebody is over the age of 50 
Yes. Who plays VR every night? Every night. What game like, is she plays playing? I don't believe it's this. called like Elden Elv, Elven Scroll or I don't want to no. mix it up with the Elven Ring because it's not that Elder Elden Elven. I'm gonna All ask. Right. Her. We need to have her on the show. No, no. Every single no. night. So then I'm in there and I'm like playing and you're like and I'm like doing the bow and arrow and there are people like shouting at me but also being nice like they're really nice to each other like it's this like friendly community and they like shoot monsters together. I'm not kidding. Every night and she was like did you get the Oculus 2 yet? Did you get it yet? Are you gonna get the Oculus 2? And then you should really I think like I actually think that there, if you imagine if you weren't that she is not in this category but if you like weren't that healthy and uh -huh. you I mean you could mm. imagine a scenario where it's actually like boomer popular. Okay. Right. I, I mean I think like I don't I wouldn't say I Elder guess, Scrolls. Yeah. Thank you, Calvin. I just I I'm not ready to like completely I think there's gonna be a future for VR. I don't think I it's gonna be VR. as big as Zuckerberg needs it to be to okay. justify his investment, and I don't wanna see them own it. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to write off the whole. I'm, I'm not willing to. Everybody like, let him believes in the whole pill. All right, fine. Everybody believes in AR, so we have consensus on that. The, like if, if they 100%. make the glasses light enough, you could all see. I can't using wait it. for that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you were getting your maps in a heads-up display, like you get in your car where it projects on the screen, that's just like a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. You could see a thousand applications there, and that's going to take like four or five cycles of those glasses at least for them to be reasonably weighted which I put it at 2030, you know, it's a 10 year play 2032. I could see, I could see in no sooner than 2030 us walking around with AR glasses. Now, for VR, I could see some edge cases like we had the guy in from golf plus and he said some people were using it all the time. I could see if I was a golfer, or I was a skier, and I'm going to go to Hokkaido, I would want to do a ski simulation of that mountain if it was really good to just see the different runs and maybe plan it out. I could see mm -hmm. doing that. All old people in an old age home should have oculuses put on their faces. They should not be allowed to remove them. And they should <laughs> be given psychedelics and feel like they're 20 years old again. It's the loculus. Oh. The loculus. It's literally like we're making IP on this show. Slow clap. Slow clap. Oh, no. The, the loculus. Absolutely. It would be Unbelievable. like. That should be Zuckerberg's market. This is he jail should, now. This is what jail is. It's basically is. jail. Mm -hmm. It's like, like you're. In, uh, What's the the Sylvester Stallone one? And then they lock the movie and then they lock him up at the end. Is it Demolition Man? I don't know. There's like one where they put him in. Uh, Running Man? That was Arnold when he was in a, uh, but it's like Wally. They did it in yeah. Wally. Yeah, that yeah. was, yeah. That was Steve Jobs trolling. Anyway, this is going to be very interesting on an M&A front. Can't wait. Keep it up. Go Lena Khan. There's got to be 20 more <laughs> Facebook cases. All right, here's Lena Khan's quotes, just so we have them here. Even if it's not a slam dunk case, even if there is a risk you might lose, there can be enormous benefits from taking that risk. I think what we can see is that inter inaction after inaction after inaction can have severe cost, and that's what we're really trying to reverse. Mm -hmm. So this is the whole concept of, you know, mean you know, looking to the future and saying, is competition going to be harmed in the future not right. does this harm competition today it's a really hard thing and it's a different metric for evaluating what antitrust and competition looks like previously it's all been this consumer harm does it does it harm consumers and that's been translated into prices mm -hmm. but what the argument that they're making now is is that consumer harm occurs when there's not enough competition period right so does this 
will this squash competition in the future? So one would say through the same lens that Amazon buying Whole Foods or One Medical is going to potentially do that in the future. And any person with any basic level of creativity or knowing the arc of history could look at any acquisition because you wouldn't acquire it if it didn't have a chance to be successful and say, yes, that's going to create a monster. One medical is going to automatically be given to everybody with prime. Oh my God, that's going to reduce competition, but it yeah. might also delight users and lower costs. So right. then exactly. Like, so you can't I, I don't say know how to pricing and consumer harm is, is the metric forever. It's just not, there's so many ways to apply your anti-competitive powers mm -hmm. that don't translate into pricing that you what have to come up with a new standard. I think that's what the argument is. Did you did you want Amazon to buy Whole Foods and One Medical? I cannot. Are you I think excited I like, about those? I was or a little neutral? bummed about the Whole Foods thing. Why? I didn't want because I, I felt like Whole Foods was like a sort of a successful chain that I could feel good about. And I was afraid Amazon was going to corporatize it. And frankly, like I got soup, I stopped shopping in Whole Foods because every time I went there, they were like, load your Amazon app. And I was like, I don't need Amazon to have my grocery data. Like I actually felt the data part of it. I was like, that's irritating, but I'm kind of like that. So and now how do you feel about it? Now You're I don't neutral? use Whole Foods. I use oh, Instacart. Yeah, huh. I just don't use it. I am. Uh, I was excited for both these acquisitions, because I love Amazon. And I was like, if you can make Amazon Prime work better and put more stuff into it, and it's seamless, great. Now, I haven't seen that actually happen yet. Like, Whole Foods, the Whole Foods Amazon integration well is not well matter. integrated. We talked about this before. So I'm kind of bummed about that. I really just want to when I'm in the Amazon app, there should just be a Whole Foods logo. When I click it, it should just put all the Whole Foods stuff in the Amazon interface and have it work just like Prime does, but I guess yeah. it doesn't. And then instead they have the Amazon Fresh thing, which might not be Whole Foods. Like, I'm super confused about Amazon Fresh. Happening. Yes, exactly. it's like, it's like they put it. Whole Foods under Amazon Fresh. No, it's I no clue what they're doing with Whole Foods and Amazon Fresh. And so I just have opted out of all of it. And I have no, I do not believe for a second that Amazon is going to do anything cool with One Medical that's going to benefit consumers outside of like people who work at Amazon. They're just a big silo decentralized organization and one medical is just going to be one medical, but it's not going to be some awesome integration. I with think Amazon. they're going to 10x one medical. I think they're going to 10x the number of locations and they're going to let you get uh, Amazon Prime with one medical as an upsell for an extra hundred bucks. I mean, I would love that and I would do that in a freaking nanosecond, but okay. I don't I think that's five to 10 years away at best. Okay, we'll see. I mean, so we'll I, see. We'll that's see. my over under. Wait, my over under. Five years. Five years. Yeah. Five years before One Medical is um, integrated into Prime. This is an in, a very interesting instance in which Amazon runs my life in every other way, but they literally ruined Whole Foods for me completely. And now, when you go into the store, it's so depressing. Is it? Because it's just all delivery shoppers. Like it has none oh. of that. You are never going to meet a cute guy at the buffet ever again. Like that's just over. It's all just kind of a sad, weird Amazon locker with delivery shoppers. I got I got hit on once at the uh, Whole Foods. I didn't realize I was being hit on, but I was like, I was at the fish counter or something. And the person's like, oh, you know, what do you think of this or whatever? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm just getting this. And how do you make that? And I was like, all of a sudden I'm in a conversation. And I was like, oh, I get it. You're like, oh, it's Whole Foods. <laughs> That's it's what's like, happening. It's literally like kind of a dating scene. Used to be. Is it like, now, it's just now it's just delivery people. Is it Gen X Tinder? Is Whole, is Whole Foods in real life Gen it X was. Tinder? It used to be. Really? And I now it's ruined. Know. 
It's ruined. See, I was, I was married by this time, but that's an interesting thing. So what is, what is the Gen Z, Rachel, IRL dating scene? Like where, what retail experience winds up being a dating scene? Is it like? Oh gosh, that's a hard one. I like, feel like just the, the bar. There's the bar. No, outside of a bar. bar. I said like a retail location. Oh. Sort of like, you know what? Actually, class is if you go no, to class, like I actually market? think it might be no, like co-working mm. spots. Oh, of course, definitely oh. co-working. Everybody, that. yeah, like definitely like co-working spots. Okay, sure. Co-working, fine. yeah, or hipster oh. coffee. I could see that, but co-working that's genius. Co-working is so gene. Yeah. Oh, hey, so what are you working good. on? Oh, did you eat yet? Yeah. I mean, and look, Rivka. <laughs> it was yes, built in beer. like the love was built into the product beer, there was beer there was the good stuff mm -hmm. all right thanks for listening everybody and make sure to tune in tomorrow because we have a super interesting interview with alex skrill from nutrisense yes they uh, enable continuous glucose monitoring with a coach to help you lose weight i used it it really did help me understand why i was gaining so much goddamn weight and it mm -hmm. helped me lose weight and I'm an investor in the company. So I'm really excited to have Alex from NutriSense on. They're absolutely crushing it. This is going to be a big investment for me, I think. It's super interesting. And it's just so interesting because we've been having this ongoing conversation about preventative healthcare solutions. We're really building like, we're building story arcs here. Yes, I'm just we saying we have a body of work on preventative care. That's really fascinating. The Land B, we had that episode, calm.com, FitBod. We're really thinking about preventative healthcare and individuals taking control of their health care as opposed to just handing it over to some doctors or you know insurance companies you got to take control of it right have some agency mm -hmm. tomorrow uh, i'm going to do the news solo because molly's going to get a little well-earned vacation enjoy yourself sister i will but i miss you guys already okay All right, bye I'll send us photos <laughs> bye bye we'll see you tomorrow